My brothers and sisters, the Lord invites us through the Apostle to be in his company unceasingly. But first we must learn to see him in the eyes of children and the old, in the faces of people who beg our forgiveness or cry out for help. Lord, make us wise. Help us to see that Jesus is in the world and we must serve him in others if we hope one day to sit down at the banquet of eternal life. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Book of Wisdom. Resplendent and unfading is wisdom, and she is readily perceived by those who love her and found by those who seek her. She hastens to make herself known in anticipation of their desire. Whoever watches for her at dawn shall not be disappointed, for he shall find her sitting by his gate. For taking thought of wisdom is the perfection of prudence, and whoever for her sake keeps vigil shall quickly be free from care. Because she makes her own rounds, seeking those worthy of her, and graciously appears to them in the ways, and meets them with all solicitude. The word of the Lord. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. We do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, about those who have fallen asleep, so that you may not grieve like the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose, so too will God, through Jesus, bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Indeed, we tell you this on the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will surely not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself, with a word of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, will come down from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Thus, we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, console one another with these words. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them, but the wise brought flask of oil with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight there was a cry, Behold the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, 
for there may not be enough for you, us and you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. While they went off to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards, the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore, stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. The phrase in today's Gospel I had not really thought about much before, before somebody asked last night, uh, the, fra- the phrase was, go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. And the gentleman asked last night, I wonder if they had many marts in the Old Testament. <clears throat> but I did tell them in the Jewish community, if you went to another Jewish home, you knocked on the door and you asked for something, they were supposed to give it to you. So we hope the, the foolish virgins may have gotten some oil sometime in their lives. We are getting close to the end of the church's liturgical year before we start Advent in a few weeks. Over these past few weeks, we have been reminded in our readings to be alert and to be ready for the end times. The first reading today speaks of seeking wisdom and being ready for her at dawn. Our second reading tells us that death is not the end and that we will rise in Christ Jesus. And in the gospel, Jesus tells the parable of the ten virgins, five who were ready when the bridegroom arrived and five who were not. The women in our gospel were part of a bridal party. In Jewish culture, the custom was that the bride would wait with her bridesmaids for the bridegroom to come, normally at the city gate, and then go to her house for the wedding feast. It would have been a great shame for the bride's family if she were not ready for when the bridegroom arrived, no matter how late it was. This was a Jewish custom. So the bridal party would have known to be prepared no matter what time the bridegroom arrived. Jesus is telling us in this parable that like the foolish bridesmaids, we cannot rely on others to make us prepared. This is our responsibility. The foolish woman should not have departed, depended upon the wise woman to give them oil. In the same way, we cannot think that our parents, our religious education teachers, our priests, or our deacons are responsible for making us ready to see Jesus. They can help us, they can guide us, but in the end, we are each responsible for our own faith journey. We must make God first in our lives. So how are we doing being prepared for God in our life? The foolish bridesmaids were too busy doing this or that to get ready for the bridegroom. They did not do the one thing that they needed to do to prepare for him by having enough oil for their lamps. They were simply not prepared. Our lives are very busy, and with Advent and Christmas approaching, they will get even busier. We will prepare our homes, bake our goodies, and buy our presents 
But do we do the one thing that we really need to do? Do we prepare our lives to be ready for Christ? So how does Jesus want us to be ready? In Luke chapter 18, Jesus wonders out loud, When I return, will I find faith on earth? It's very simple. When he comes for us, either at the end of our life, or when he comes in power and glory at the end of the world, he wants to find us living a faithful life, a life guided by everything he said, that he taught, and that he did. Of course, being human means that this is something of a challenge for us. We don't know when Jesus is coming. We've lived every day of our lives, and he hasn't come yet. And this can afford our, th- this can afford our thinking and our behavior. We might always think and act like there's going to be a tomorrow, since there always has been one for us so far. And this can make us somewhat lax in tending to those things in our life that are not in keeping with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those things we know God wants us to change. Those wrong things we shouldn't be doing. And those good things we should be doing, but we're not. I would bet that one of Satan's most favorite words is tomorrow. He must love it when we think to ourselves, I'll get myself right with God tomorrow. I'll change what God wants me to change tomorrow. I'll go to confession and come to Mass tomorrow. Satan loves it because he knows that today is the only day that we can be sure of. Tomorrow might never come. We might only have today to take care of what matters to God, to make the changes that Jesus wants us to do, to live each day as if it may be our last and not wait for tomorrow. If we don't, we might not be lucky to have a tomorrow to get right with God before Jesus comes for us. We must make God first in our lives today. Here's a story of a little boy who was wandering home from Sunday school. He scuffed his shoes into the grass and he found himself a caterpillar. He found a fluffy milkweed pod and blew out all the filler. He saw a bird's nest in a tree, so, place high, so, play, so wisely placed on high. A neighbor saw this boy zigzagging across the lawn, and he said to him, What have you been doing today? The little boy replied, I've been going to Bible school. As he kicked over a piece of sod, he picked up another wiggly worm. I've learned, about, I've learned a lot about God today, the boy said. And the neighbor said to him, well, that's a very fine way for a boy to spend his time. But if you tell me where God is, I'll give you this brand new dime. And quick as a flash, the little boy answered, Mister, I'll give you a dollar if you can tell me where God ain't. So where's God in your life? If you are looking for him, I ask you to take time now to look to the person to your left and to the person to your right. Look to the person in front of you and 
the person behind you. I suggest he is in those all around you, here and at home. He touches you in the hungry you nourish, in the stranger you welcome, in the sick sick and mourning you take time to console, or the child you encourage. When you touch them, you touch Christ, so that when he does come, he will recognize you because you will not be a stranger to him. As we continue with Mass, let us renew our commitment to Christ today to do whatever it takes to keep our lamps filled with oil, to keep our faith in him, and be prepared for his coming for us. Let us do it today, as we might not have tomorrow. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's service. To stay up to date on the latest news involving our parish, please visit our website at goodshepherd-sc.org.